0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: What's up, guys? It's Harrison Phillips here, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on the Circle the Wagons podcast on Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby.
2: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the
3: Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us, this pre-free agency edition where we speak to none other than Jenna Cottrell of Wham 13 News here in Rochester, and also one of the three hosts of the Buffalo Plus podcast, which you can find on anywhere you listen to podcasts and also on YouTube. Uh, We had one of her co-hosts, Mike Catalana, on a few weeks ago. She's one of the hosts along with Dan Fates, which if you follow Bill's Twitter, I'm sure you see them around, uh, giving their takes and insight into the Buffalo Bills. We talked a lot of things with Jenna as far as the recent cuts and pay cuts, uh, the, the restructures, the releases, uh, signings, um, we talk about a bunch of different things and uh, some surprise free agent moves that she could see doing and, uh, and just in general, it was a great conversation and as with most interviews I do, if you're familiar with um, some of the interviews I've done in the past with players or media personalities like Jenna, uh, I like to get into the personal side. Of the interviewee uh at the end of the podcast at the end of the at the at the end of the interview, where we talk about something a little bit more personal sometimes it's fun things, sometimes it's a little bit deeper um this is a little deep this is a little deep um Jenna's been through a lot, and we discussed this at the very end of the podcast so um i think I think it was a good discussion i didn't you know i I knew going into it um you know Jenna is a cancer survivor. And I knew going into it a little bit about it. I'd read up on her and and her story. And uh, I, j- I think it's just going to provide a lot of perspective, especially on a Monday morning when you're probably listening to this, <laughs> especially when, you know, y- you're going to work and you're like, ah, you know, this is, you know, the stinks. It's Monday. Um, I think what she says puts a lot of things into perspective into our daily lives. And I know it did with me. So I hope you enjoy that. But again, you know, come for the bills talk and stay for a little, uh, a little uh, personal talk with uh, WHAM thirteen News' Jenna Cottrell, and uh, and afterwards, I'm going to give uh, just some quick thoughts on the Matt Milano re-signing, which uh, which is something that I've been banging the drum for all off season, and uh, I'm just so happy that happened. So, without further ado, Jenna Cottrell of WHAM thirteen News and the Buffalo Plus Podcast. She is a sports anchor for WAM13 News here in Rochester and is the host of Buffalo Plus, a Buffalo Bills podcast with Mike Catalana and Dan Fates. I'd like to welcome Jenna Cottrell to the podcast. Jenna, it is so good to talk to you. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be here.
3: I'm so glad that we could do this. Um, let's go into the news of today when we're recording this. Um, there were two big releases by the Buffalo Bills today, uh, former wide receiver John Brown and defensive lineman Quentin Jefferson. Were either or both of these cuts a surprise to you?
2: Um, no, honestly, just because, um, and I think a lot of people were kind of sad to see in particular, John Brown go just because what he's meant to, you know, the process, how he really was able to show, um, the caliber passer that Josh Allen was what he was able to build in Buffalo over the last couple of years. But um this is just an, an extremely extenuating circumstance with the way the salary cap is this year, how down it is, and the fact that, you know, this is an unfamiliar position that the Bills are in. Because normally every year it feels like they have a lot of availability in terms of cash, what they can do, who they can offer, what you know, free agent they're gonna bring in. But this year is just not that. And I think um while John Brown had a great season with the Bills, obviously the injuries throughout twenty twenty just made it seem like they could move on, especially with a guy like Gabriel Davis coming up, obviously Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley. Um, And then for, um, you know, Quentin Jefferson, that's someone where I'm not really surprised by that one either, just because I think this team is, is Brandon Bean wants to have that flexibility, but at the same point, I think that was a luxury to have that many guys. Um, So I think it was just a, a possibility of, all right, this is these are the guys we know we want, and you know Brown as well as Jefferson just not fitting into that picture for the season. But it, it this is the time of year where you always are reminded that the NFL is a business, and especially this season with the way the salary cap is, a, a lot of teams are going to have to make really really tough decisions. And I think you know on on Wednesday we saw that
3: we're going to mention you know a couple of players that had pay cuts. Um, just this past week but do you think brown and Jeff- jefferson in particular were players that were even offered pay cuts and they said no or do you think they were just released outright
2: honestly i think that they were released outright um just because i think that the bills have flexibility at those positions and i think because of that depth that they've seen especially a wide receiver you know and john brown like i said before he's he was huge in terms of kind of setting and building the culture that McDermott and Bean wanted. Um, but I think when you, it's funny because, so we were at the draft, Mike Catalana and myself last year, and we talked to Bean and this was before the, you know, the blockbuster move to get Stefan Diggs that trade and Bean talked about the fact that what the hope is, is that you draft for the position and then bring in a rookie before it is a position of need. So you already have that core group kind of set. You feel comfortable moving on from a veteran guy and having a rookie that can carry that water. And that way it's not like you're in a desperate situation where you don't know what to do. Um, And I think you kind of saw that with the fact that Gabriel Davis was able to show this year, this past season, that he can play. It wasn't too big of a stage. He was able to make great plays, amazing catches. Um, You know, I think of that Colts game and some of the catches he had in that game. Um, But because of that, I think that made the Bills just that much more comfortable to say goodbye to John Brown and look, John Brown, Clinton Jefferson, they will find jobs within the league. It's not like their careers are done. Um, But I think it's just a product of the way that this season is and the fact that the Bills have the ability to know they're going to be okay without players like that on the roster.
3: Okay, great. So there were a couple of pay cuts this week, uh, including today. Mm -hmm. Mitch Morris took a pay cut, this Bills center, and then defensive tackle Vernon Butler took a pay cut. Um, Some people thought it was weird that Vernon Butler was not released over fellow defensive tackle, defensive lineman Quinton Jefferson. Did that surprise you at all when you heard that?
2: I mean, a little bit, but also I think, you know, I have to remember Butler was drafted by Brandon Bean down in Carolina, You know, who's obviously coached by Sean McDermott. He's worked with the Bills offensive or defensive line coach, Eric Washington. Like Butler can be versatile, you know, he can play in certain spots. So I think because of that history, it's not it's not that surprising to me we know how much Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are about their guys an example of that is the fact that you know he used to play in Carolina we've seen you know what's the joke it's like we're like western new york is like charlotte north you know just because there's so many players that you know have ended up in buffalo and i think because of that affiliation and just because of that trust that they have in guys like that it wasn't surprising i think also though when you look at it like they are making hard decisions. So sometimes it's, it's hard to understand the the thought process behind some of the moves. But I think for Butler, it was just that, that knowing and that foundation of having that trust level with a guy like that. So I think that's why I'm not as surprised, but I think I know a lot of fans were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so because of that, I can understand why there was some
3: confusion
2: because yeah, I think for a lot of people from the outset, you kind of were shocked or more surprised by what they ended up doing.
3: Yep. So there, can you see as of right now, we don't have any news about any more cuts or releases to players that are currently on the roster. Could you see any more cuts and releases? Maybe guys like Mario Addison or Lee Smith, or maybe pay cuts to these to these guys.
2: I definitely think Lee Smith is a guy that I don't think they're going to have to cut him. Uh, I just personally think he's going to retire. Now that is my personal opinion, but I think that, you know, he obviously has a family, he's getting up there. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if he would want to come back in that playing capacity. And I think he understands the writing on the wall in, in Buffalo of the fact that there really wouldn't be uh, a spot there for him. So I would be, I would be kind of surprised if he, I mean, I would, I frankly, be shocked if he was with the team come, um, you know, the first game of the season. So I, I could definitely see him retiring. And then for Mario Addison, yeah, I don't know what they do. It depends on, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was, was cut or, or if they decided to do some restructuring or something like that. Um, just because you know that Bean is in the market trying to find you know, a a guy that can really bring pressure to the quarterback. And that's something we know the Bills' defense struggled with last year. So I know with that situation, they're really going to try to figure something out because they frankly just need to be better at the position. So, um, yeah, I think it's funny because we're so like, we're about to hit the league new year and there's already so many moving parts and so many guys available. And Diana Rossini had a tweet earlier on this month, just saying that, You know, she talked to, I believe it was an NFL GM, and they were saying that it's going to be a bloodbath in terms of all the cuts this year. So I think because of that, because there's going to be so many guys out there that I don't think, I don't think anything will be off the table because there's going to be such a pool of available players. And the bills, of course, want to be able to upgrade at every position.
3: So as of right now, the bills have like a a rough estimate of around $20 million in cap space. If you're the GM with that sort of money, I mean, what you just mentioned makes it sound like there'll be a ton of talent that you can get because this is the least amount of money the bill or the, the NFL's had to to spend in, in several mm-hmm. years. Um, do you see them re-signing any of their own players like Matt Milano, John Feliciano, or Daryl Williams? Or do you think they look at this up upcoming like free agent class, like instead of spending twelve million a year on Matt Milano, I could get his his, you know, his his replacement for like maybe six million a year?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think of like, maybe like a Kyle Van Noy. you know, Miami tried to trade him. That didn't work out. It's so funny because Milano going into this season, I feel like it's kind of like the JJ Watt. Cause when JJ Watt first came available, obviously I know he signed with Cardinals. So this is a moot point, but at the same point it was like, get after him, make sure, try and try and bring him to Buffalo. Like what a fit that would be. And then upon thinking about it more, I'm like, you know, that's a lot of money. And like you said, you can be able to have, you know, the ability to maybe not pay one guy, but pay a couple of guys. Maybe they're not the same talent level, but at the same point, you, I, I firmly believe that the coaching staff has done a phenomenal job in Buffalo, and that's pretty easy to see. Um, so I think they, they have the ability to take a lot of players. Like, I think of John Feliciano, even. Like, when he came to Buffalo, I was like, all right, we'll see who this guy is. And obviously, he's been a tremendous add. Um, so Milano, originally, I was like, yeah, the Bills need to bring him back. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what level... I if we would see a drop off from Tremaine Edmonds if Milano wasn't on the field just because, you know, he made such a difference for Tremaine Edmonds. But at the same point, I think, um, you know, I think Milano wants to get paid, you know, that the he's testing free agency and he deserves to do that. And, you know, what does the NFL stand for jokingly? Like not for long, like these guys mm-hmm. want to get paid. And if I were him and I, I hear some people being like, why doesn't he take a pay cut to play on the bills and be with a really great team? And it's like, I'm sorry. Like, if you give me twelve million dollars or ten million dollars, I'm, I'm gonna twelve million dollars. <laughs> like, it's hard to walk away from that money, yeah. especially when you know if you're a Bills fan, you've you've been indoctrinated into the Bills. It is everything you live and breathe for. For a lot of these guys, they come to the team like they obviously, I, I believe, really do love their time with the Bills, but they're they didn't grow up as bills fans this is not passed down from generation to generation from them but like that money is as hard to pass up so i could see milano testing free agency i think with john feliciano there's a couple of you know pro bowl guards that are going to be out there so i think the market for him might be a little bit lower which could work out better for the bills but um i always laugh when people like why why don't they just take less less money it's (laughs) Okay, well, what if your boss was like, hey, why don't you take less money? And obviously this is millions of dollars we're talking about, but I'm (laughs) like, I'm sorry. It would be really hard for me to walk away from an extra $2 million.
3: (laughs) Yeah, to put it like in our perspective, it'd be like your boss saying like, here's, there's $20,000 to work for that other company or something, you know, then it makes a lot more sense. But to them, it's like anything over a million dollars, it's all like gravy on top to people like us, right? Like,
2: (laughs) Which I completely understand because like, I'm not making millions of dollars, obviously, it's not even anywhere close to that. It's not even anywhere close to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But mm-hmm. I also get for a lot of these guys, they, they want to make the money because this is not a career that's going to last, you know, 30 years. It's really a window of, you know, hopefully, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. But even that, that's a very long career in the NFL. A lot of these guys are trying to make the money that they can because they don't know if they'll have another contract after this. Maybe there's injuries, maybe other things come up. Um, so yeah, they're trying to make their money, which, you know, I, I, it's a very personal decision, but at the same time, I completely understand. And that is a huge part of, you know, I think of a guy like Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, like they were great for Buffalo, especially Jordan Phillips, man. When he came after the dolphins, like he was fired up and he was only there for a little bit with the bills, but like fans loved him. And then he got paid and, you know, he went out to Arizona and, yeah, it's just hard to argue with with a the guy who wants to get paid. I mean, we all want to get paid.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's like this is when it really tests how good the Bills scouting staff is going to be to find those players, mm-hmm. those extra John Felicianos or Daryl Williams for not paying, you know, the top premium Matt Milano price on on, on those kinds of players. Um. Yeah. So, so on a recent episode of, of Buffalo Plus, when the J.J. Watt discussion first happened, there was news that J.J. Watt would be interested in Buffalo, to which Mike Catalana brought up that you always roll your eyes when you hear that. Now, I never really thought of it like exactly like you said it, but can you explain to the listeners like why you always roll your eyes when you hear that there's mutual interest from a big name free agent like J.J. Watt?
2: Well, I roll my eyes at like the mutual interest because like... I would hope they would be like, I would think they would be interested in, in coming to the bills, but it's funny because I've been covering this team since Rex Ryan. And originally it was like, people would be like, why would you want to go to Buffalo? Like, like players around the league would talk about it and they'd be like, Ooh, Buffalo. Like, yeah, I don't want to go there. We had players <laughs> that we would talk to about the combine and be like, yeah, what are your thoughts on the bills? And they'd be like, yeah, I don't I don't really know much about the Bills because they kind of, as as Bills fans know, it was a situation of, you know, being in the doldrums in terms of the NFL. I think the Sabres know that pretty well. Um, but at the same point, I think now to see where the team is at, like, of course, there's going to be mutual interest. You would have to be. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't be. It's like the nicest house on the block. If you're a free agent, you're not going to be like, oh, ah, well, you know, I don't want that. That's, that's, that's not for me. It's like, no, you're going to check it out. You're going to see what's in there because everyone's talking about how dope this house is. So you want to see it for yourself. So yeah, I just roll my, first of all, I roll my eyes at most of what Mike said. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell him I said that. It's very fine. We, we have some <clears> funny banter. Um, but no, I mean, I just think that what the bills have become, in these last couple of years has been, you know, we talked about trusting the process and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. We know they beat that drum so much, but I think the results that you're seeing are that of, of, you know, having Josh Allen come in and then ripping down the roster to have the cap space, then building these pieces and trading for Stefan Diggs. And because of that, everyone's going to be interested. People want success in the NFL. Do they want money? Yes, of course, but also, Everyone is chasing that ring. And to see what the Bills have done within this past year, to see the step that Josh Allen has taken, to see the play level that Stephon Diggs has had, people want to be a part of that. Um, So, of course, there is mutual interest because there should be.
3: (laughs) Well, let's talk about um, surprise free agent positions or players that the Bills might go after. Your co-host Dan Fates said a few weeks ago they thought Cam Newton as a backup quarterback could be big. Mike Catalana came on our show a couple of weeks ago and said Zach Ertz, a tight end. Is there a surprise player or position that you think Brandon Bean could go after in free agency?
2: It's so funny because you mentioned Dan Faiths, um, one of the people that is also on Buffalo Plus, And he talked about, yeah, Cam Newton, like that is someone that, you know, I think, someone maybe he would want to come to buffalo and be the backup job i cannot tell you how many comments we got of people freaking out they're like no that can't happen like we don't want that like you know so um my take won't be as um i guess juicy in terms of that Mm -hmm. and um but someone that i think about is romeo i can't say his last name It's okay. W a R a. Now he's out. He was with the lions this past season. Um, He is a guy that I think of. He's 26 years old. He's going to be 26 years old this year. He's a pass rusher. He had 10 sacks, I believe like 44 tackles. he's coming off the best season of his career. And when I think of that, he is 26 years old. We know Jerry Hughes is not getting any younger. And I think with 10 sacks last season, he is trailing basically guys like T.J. Watt and, and Aaron Donald in terms of pressure and things like that. So uh, that's a that's a pretty good spot to be in, I would say. He's a young guy. He's talented. He has the athletic ability. He has that flash. And it's funny because I was looking into his background a little bit more, and he's an undrafted free agent. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, you know they love the underdog. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy that I'm like. Ooh, I could see, I could see someone like that joining the team. Um, but you know, it's funny. I think of two, like at tight end, a guy like John o. Smith coming out of Tennessee, he's another player that, um, and, and people get a little defensive because I think when we were talking about it on Buffalo plus, like we're not saying that Dawson Knox is a bust, like a bust in terms of the NFL is like, that is a very powerful word and what that means. Dawson Knox is not that, but I I think it's no secret, and Brandon Bean even said it at the end of the season press conference. Like they need to do better at that position. They need to be more consistent. And I think when I I look at Dawson Knox's game, you see the athletic ability. You see his dirt. Like you see his ability to make some insane, impressive catches. But it's just that consistency that he really struggles with. Um, so maybe you bring in a guy like John O' Smith to kind of light that fire and light that competition. We know Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean love competition. You know, iron sharpens iron, all those cliches. But I think that would really, you know, add that fire to the position. Because, again, like this is a team that that um, like the NFL in 2021, 2020 is it's going through the offense. It's scoring as many points as possible. And for Josh Allen to have another weapon would be, I mean, that would be huge. And that's what, that's what the bills want. Um, So something like that, but I could also see them going in the direction, like Mike said, of a Zach Ertz, a more veteran guy that still has something left. I mean, I think he would be a great addition as well. If you want to more of a mentor mentality for a guy like Dawson Knox, but that's something that position group in general, I, I, they're going to bring someone in because they, they need, something there. And I don't think that something is not Lee Smith. Um, so that'll be something to watch too, because that's the thing that's so cool about this team. And we talk about it on Buffalo plus of like a couple years ago, it was like retooling the entire roster. And now, you know, bills were in the FC championship game. They were right there. It's like, you have like these, these finite moves that you're going to make a couple players. And that to me is the hardest because, you know, you are trying to build on what you already have. Obviously, every team in the league is, is trying to get better. But it's like you are a couple key players positions away from being that much more dynamic. And to think of that, it's exciting considering how great the Bills played this past season. So I think it's obviously a huge challenge for Brandon Bean. And oh, yeah. And in the fact that, you know, there's less money to do it makes <laughs> <Thanks> for a <laughs> even greater challenge. But. I think it's just going to be a really fun off season and one that we really haven't seen in a while or really ever considering the the money and how different it is.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So Jenna, I'd like to switch gears just a little bit. Um, This Mm -hmm. past week we celebrated international women's day and you're in an industry that is seemingly dominated by men. Um, It's gotten better over the years with women like yourself. Mm -hmm. How did you get into broadcasting and did you see it at all as an uphill battle?
2: um it's so funny because i (laughs) was a psychology major when i first went to college (laughs) like a lot of people that have that work in tv have been like i was six years old and i knew i wanted to be a journalist and like i just was not like that at all if i'm gonna be honest um so i have kind of a interesting backstory because so I am a cancer survivor, um, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit. But uh, my brother is also a cancer survivor. So when I was um when I was younger, when I was 12, my brother was 15, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And he's in remission now. You know, his treatments went very well. He actually just celebrated, you know, over a decade of a decade plus of being in remission. So our family did a little celebration. But um so I had always just loved playing sports. I'm almost five ten, so I and I run all the time. So I think I always loved playing sports growing up. And then for me, it really became like um, an escape, like a, a really great opportunity to just be a kid and kind of relax and, and be able to, you know, that that community aspect that sports brings, that camaraderie. Like I really, I really loved that. So when I went to Syracuse University, I was just like. Major because I wanted to hear people's stories and um, you know connect with them. And then I sat down in a lecture of 500 people, and we were talking about Freud. And I was like, "Yeah, this sucks. This is not for me." <laughs> and not that psychology sucks. I know a lot of people are psychologists and all that, but like, it just wasn't for me. It just, I just, mm. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to hear their stories. So it was funny because we were at um, I was at one of my friends' house and it was um, Thanksgiving break or winter break. And we were watching SportsCenter and my friend was like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, Syracuse is so much money. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know. Do I transfer. Like, my friend was, we were watching Sports and my friend was like, Jenna, why don't you just do this? And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was like the light went on. I was like, I, I want to be a sports reporter. And and then I I kind of like literally stumbled into it. <laughs> like, like I kind of figured out, like yeah, that would be really cool. And like I'd always followed sports. Like I'd always followed the NFL. We used to go to training camp when I was younger. Like it was seemed so natural and like right in front of my face. Um, but yeah, so I went to Syracuse, and then my first job was in Elmira, New York, which is not too far away. Um, I'm going to be honest. It was very intimidating when I was coming up just because, you know, I, I was usually the only woman. I was the first female sports anchor in Elmira in decades. Um, and when I say decades, there was only one other one and she worked there for like a couple months. So it was, yeah, it was very intimidating, but, um, I really just love what I do. And I think that, and I, I wanted to learn a lot and I still do. So I feel like because of that, I just kind of was able to, I don't want to say stick around, but like, I feel like I've learned a lot. And now, um, now it's great too, because there's so many more women on the Bills beat, which I love to see. Um, you know, was, like football in general is everyone watches football. You know, every type of person, any any person watches football. So to see that representation in the media, I think it's really huge. And, it, and it's something that is important um, because fans come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, whatever. And because of that, I think that it's great to see a diverse pool of reporters because there's a diverse group of fans. Um, so long and short, it's been quite a journey, but... I truly love what I do and I feel incredibly fortunate to say that. So it's, it's something that while I've had my doubts and my insecurities and days that were really hard, um, I just really value what I do. And because of that, it's, it's made the, the, the great days outweigh the bad days by a billion to one.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned, um, that you are a cancer survivor, and I don't know if some people knew that or some people didn't before this, but um, in early 2017, out of nowhere, you were diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. What ran through your head when you heard that news, you heard the news that that you had had cancer? Oh,
2: my gosh. Well, first of all, um, I kind of equate it to, like, when you're watching a war movie and the bomb goes off, and you know when my doctor said Jenna you have cancer it was like the bomb went off and then he kept talking and i didn't hear it. it was like a deafening silence and it was terrifying i mean i was devastated i was i was 26 i had run a half marathon not even 6 months before that i thought like i I was totally and completely floored by it. And then also, so I talked about my brother, but I am one of three children. And that meant that two of us had now had cancer. And it was like, I felt so awful for my parents of like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I have to put you guys through this again. And so it was so challenging. And there were days where I was just, I mean, I was distraught. Like I really was. Um, But it's funny because when my brother was sick, I felt like I really got into sports that much more because of that escape element. And when I was sick, I just wanted to work because I, first of all, I wanted to feel normal and like myself, but then also you meet so many other people that are going through tremendous loss or suffering or problems and to have that slice of hope and camaraderie and support, it just it made it that much easier. And so um it was a it's a time in my life that I look back on that I am incredibly this sound weird, but like thankful for because it made me realize like what I want out of my life, how I want to treat people how I want to spend my days, how I don't want to be negative because it's just just too short. Like you can have it pulled away from you so quickly. So um, it was something that I wasn't expecting, but now being, you know, years removed from it, I feel fortunate that I got that lesson. And there's days where it feels like a burden. I'm going to be completely honest. There's times where it's really hard for me to relate to people my age because they worry about dumb stuff, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't, Like I'm just in a different place. Um, but yeah, like today the sun was shining and I just sat outside and was like, wow, what a great day. And I feel like I might not have that perspective if my life hadn't changed in the way that it had.
3: So how long did you fight this battle and what did you learn about yourself through all the trials and tribulations that you went through?
2: So I did, I had to get surgery and then I got, I went through 12 rounds of chemo. Um, that was really challenging because every round just got harder. Um, I did lose my hair. Now it's grown back completely. But as a woman, that was really challenging because, you know, it's hard when you are going through such a psychologically and physically debilitating um, disease and then to look at yourself in the mirror and not even recognize yourself like that really hurt because I just I felt so lost in so many moments. Um and so going through that experience, the actual going through it was really challenging because I was just trying to survive. Like, I, I truly was just trying to not get sick. I mean, it's one thing to hear your doctor tell you you have cancer. And then it's another thing to be like, you know, I want to maybe I want to go on a walk or do something. And it's like, well, I don't want to get a flu or a cold because then I could die that way. Like, it's like it's just a completely different set of day-to-day things that you have to look at. Um, so while I was going through it, I feel like I didn't, I was just trying to survive. So I didn't really have time to reflect, but now that I have had time to reflect, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I just feel incredibly fortunate. Um, and I also, <laughs> feel really strong. Like, I feel like, you know, I have bad days and there's stuff that happens that's, you know, really challenging. Um, but I always know that I'll be okay because I've been through a lot and I'm okay. Um, so that is something that I don't think a lot of, maybe people have learned that in other ways, but this is the way that I've learned it. And I feel fortunate to now have the time to reflect on it because I'm not just surviving anymore. Like I'm trying to, to, to thrive, honestly. Um, But I think that it just gives you a whole different perspective. Um, And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just wish so many, (laughs) that sounds wrong. I just wish that like those little inconveniences that we all have, I just wish we could, forget about those and just focus on how great, you know, like you woke up today. That's something, it's funny. I actually just, I just turned 30 in January. And as a woman, I have friends that are like, Oh, I don't, I don't tell people my age, like whatever. And I'm like, 30, oh, like so many people don't, don't get to 30, honestly. So like, why should I, like, I want to embrace that. Um, and so I just, I want to embrace the days that I do have. And I feel like I'm very lucky because I have a support system that feels the same way. Um, so it just makes it, it makes it fun. And I my friends. We all talk about like, I just feel like life right now is just the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. Like I probably, you know, years ago, definitely not be here. So, you know, why, why worry?
3: Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. I, I, I truly appreciate you sharing that, that story, um, I'm sure some people can relate either having gone through it or having friends or family that have gone through cancer. I know my mother and sister went through cancer as well. So, um, appreciate you sharing your, uh, your story on that and your journey um jenna thank thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us on circling the wagons podcast um obviously appreciate the story and and all of your bills insight and uh insight in sports in general uh where can people where can listeners find your work on tv your podcast buffalo plus your social media everything that you do
2: yeah um first of all thank you so much for having me on it's it's been a pleasure and i hope that um yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of people can relate because cancer is so widespread. Um, but I think that I'm really, I'm hopeful about, you know, in the future, there being more cures and more treatments and all of those things. But, um, in terms of my stuff and my work, you can find it on buffaloplus.com. We also have a YouTube channel called Buffalo Plus. It's myself, my Catalana, and Dan Fates. And although I've been very sentimental in this interview, I can be a bit sassy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have um, some fun uh, fun talks about the bills on that channel. And then in terms of my social media, it's very streamlined. I'm just at Jenna Cottrell. So it's on Twitter. It's J-E-N-N-A-C-O-T-T-R-E-L-O. It's that for my Twitter and Instagram, I am unfortunately, or fortunately, I feel like not on Facebook. Um, uh, so those are my handles. And then if you are in the Rochester area, you can watch me on 13YMTV, ABC.
3: Okay, great. Well, I, you know, I, speaking of the sassiness and the the general, like, discussion that you guys have, I told Mike, when he was on a couple of weeks ago, that Buffalo Plus is becoming one of my favorite Bill's, like, round table discussion Aww. podcasts, me. From a me- especially from a media perspective, like, what's refreshing to me, I think, is that the three of you don't necessarily agree with each other all the time, like, a lot of yes. other <laughs> podcasts, too, like, like, you know, I'm not saying that you guys go out of your way to disagree, but you do a lot in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that there are people like, even if I come in thinking agreeing with you and then I hear Dan talk about it, I'm like, Oh, well, you know, that's a good perspective. A lot of podcasts out there in general or shows, you know, are just like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Let's move on. And it's kind of like good to, you know, break down a subject a little bit more than just that.
2: Yeah. I think that's the, that's the fun thing. Like we all like Mike, Dan and I, we all know each other very well. We're all very good friends, but I think that's one of the things that I love too, because that's not. Actually, like, like that's not manufactured either like dan and i are very different mike and i are very different dan and mike are very different and like while we all get along it's fun to talk bills because we each have a different perspective and like mike in particular i mean mike's been covering the bills for over 30 years so it's really cool to hear him you know pontificate about where the team has been where the team went now where the team's at and all that but it's really fun I, honestly i think you know, we don't take we don't take it too seriously, which maybe we probably should a little bit more. Um, but I think it's just, you know, it's, we're talking sports and we are talking bills. So it's, it's fun because we, we, we're all doing what we love. And then also we, uh, we get to agree. It can get a little heated though. <laughs> so I'll be like saying something to Dan. I'm like, don't you dare, <laughs> but it's all in good fun.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you guys aren't, aren't, uh, Shy about calling Mike old, which I think is hilarious. Uh.
2: <laughs> Mike is old, so that's why <laughs> that's why we say it. For my birthday, he's like, Wow, Jenna, you're getting old. I'm like, Mike, you will always be older <laughs> than me. And I find comfort in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we all honestly we are all best friends, which I know sounds hilarious because it's like I'm um, friends with a six year old guy. Mm-hmm. But it just it's really fun because yeah, we just we all enjoy what we do in each other's company. And I know exactly how to push fans buttons and he knows exactly the same for me. So it's always, always makes for an entertaining (laughs) listen, I will say.
3: (laughs) Well, it's truly great perspective. Um, I'm so glad we could do this, you know, best of luck in the future with everything. And we look forward to talking to you again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I uh, I look forward to a crazy off season and, and an even better Bill's season in 2021. So I appreciate the time.
3: with Jenna in regards to the Buffalo Bills and obviously her personal life I wanted to switch gears real quick at the end of this podcast with uh, the fact that uh, going into free agency free agency is happening in just a few days and my biggest free agent need personally everyone has their own whether you think it's John Feliciano Daryl Williams or whoever whatever the case may be uh, my biggest free agent Need which I talked about a little bit in, through the interviews this off season, was re-signing Matt Milano, and uh, I was actually after this interview I was going to record a separate additional podcast called uh, "Pay Matt Milano Whatever It Takes." Now, with the "Whatever It Takes" is is uh, a play on the Captain America saying at, in the uh, in the movie Avengers Endgame.
1: This is the fight of our lives.
2: Takes.
3: And I thought it was appropriate because it was one of those things where it was we were going into the offseason and um, in my opinion, as far as Matt Milano goes, he was he's he's like a top three player on the defense and potentially, you know, top five or six on the entire team. And there's just there's just there are certain guys that come through and come around and are just playmakers for your team and the bills don't have a ton of those guys on the team now they have a lot of great contributors to the team a lot of guys that are behind the scenes a lot of guys that do the dirty work that come up in and, and you know sometimes make a play but mostly they do cleanup work like i'm thinking of guys like you know mitch morris on the offensive line or maybe on the defensive line at oliver like guys that don't necessarily make the flashy plays but they're important to the core of your of your team, Matt does that, and then he also makes the flashy plays. He is a playmaker, and he has been ever since he was a fifth round rookie coming into the league in 2017. It wasn't more than just a few games before he was replacing uh, veteran incumbent Ramon Humber in the starting lineup, and you know he's easily, in my opinion, been the best linebacker on the Bills since he's been here, and it's not even close. Um, yes, I know Tremaine Edmonds is young, and he was definitely injured this year, so I take that into account. But still, when Matt Milano was on the field, he makes Tremaine Edmonds better. He makes that defensive line better, because we know that the defensive line definitely had some issues this season. Um, he makes up for a lot of them by making the tackle or shooting gaps and making a play. Um, and also, he helps with coverage. He helps the secondary. He is one of the best linebackers in coverage in the NFL since 2018. I've seen him go against Rob Gronkowski in the past, Adam Thielen, like very good slot receivers and tight ends. And, uh, I mean, and, and think about it. As a Bills fan, he's easily not only the best linebacker on the team right now, in my opinion, for now. Um, and, and not only that, he's in his prime and he's getting better. But when was the last time we really had a good linebacker? On the team. I mean, really think about that. (laughs) The Bills have not, Bills have had bad luck drafting quarterbacks (laughs) the past 20 years until they got to Josh Allen. Like they've had terrible luck drafting linebackers. I mean, what, I mean, not even, even signing linebackers. They haven't gotten them because I mean, what, what was the best linebacker before Matt Milano? I mean, you'd have to go back to like Taquio Spikes, like London Fletcher in 2006. I mean, that's 15 years ago. I mean, the Bills have just been a barren wasteland for linebacker talent for roughly 12 years until Matt Milano came along. And the fact that they got him back, the fact that he wanted to be here and the fact that you didn't know if he was a process guy because he doesn't talk a lot. He's not like a Deion Dawkins who's writing letters in the players tribune and saying about how much he loves Buffalo. I mean, Matt will say it on the conference call, but he's more of a man of few words. He's not you know let's talk forever i mean he just to the point says his thoughts and that's it and uh the fact that he signed the contract he did which was definitely under market value if you look at pro football focus or spot track wherever you want to go average annual per year value in his contract i mean this guy's he's a process player through and through and um i'm just i had to say this on a podcast i had over two pages of notes that I was going to go into um, on this own separate podcast that I was mentioning as far as why I thought we should keep Matt Milano, even though at the time, I 100% didn't think that Matt Milano was going to sign. In fact, I I wrote this this paragraph where it was basically like, okay, if you're listening to this podcast in 2025, and you're listening to it for whatever reason, I hope you know that I know Matt Milano is probably not on the team right now. <laughs> like, I, it was so sure that um, he was gone. But I'm glad we did. I'm bl- I'm glad... It's like the the Captain America Avengers Endgame analogy. I'm glad we went back in time. I'm glad we got this Infinity Stone. We secured it. And we brought it back to use it. And, I mean, if you think about this offseason, um, in general, bringing back pieces like not only Matt Milano, but... Um, Guys on restructured deals. Like, uh, they didn't cut Mitch Morris. They cut it, you know, some of his salary to bring him back. Um, you know, they re signed uh, Darrell Williams um, this past weekend. They just re signed John Feliciano today. I mean, you're talking about all these things that they're doing. It's kind of like they're bringing back the Infinity Stones for the gauntlet for the big finale. So we're hoping, though, that this season the finale is, is the Super Bowl. Um, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are uh, Thanos and uh, and uh, all the supervillains. So um, again, I just I wanted to say that I was extremely happy as a Bills fan. Then Milano came back. I think we all were, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big Matt Milano fan. Um, this, in my opinion, was the biggest signing since whatever. And, you know, we're going to go into this. I, I have some really great interviews lined up for, um, after free agency, this next upcoming week through free agency, uh, before the draft. And I'm going to ask people about this, but, um, the reason, one of the reasons why I thought Matt Milano was such a, an important signing is because think about who the next signing is definitely going to be. Like, it's definitely gonna be Josh Allen at this point. But after that, I mean, which draft picks are the Bills definitely gonna sign? Tremaine Edmonds? I'd argue that Tremaine Edmonds is gonna, is he gonna be a top tier free agent when he leaves? Maybe, possibly. Um, I wouldn't say that he is right now, but maybe after the fifth year contract. But after that, I mean, <clears throat> Brandon Bean's, I, I think we all give Brandon Bean a lot of credit for being a good drafter. Um, I think he's pretty good. I don't think he's 100% the best drafter. So there's a lot of time left with these last three draft classes and this upcoming fourth draft class to find, the, like is Taron Johnson going to take another step or is Harrison Phillips going to take another step? We don't know. But as far as like Josh Allen Tremaine, I, I can't see another rookie or player on this team that we're definitely going to re-sign. Like I knew from year one or year two that Matt Milano was a guy that we're definitely going to re-sign when the time comes because he's that good. He just is. So, um, I'm hoping that there's more guys like this, but for now, we got our guy. He's back. We got the, uh, I guess what infinity stone would you call him? Maybe the power stone? Perhaps. He's a big, he's a strong dude. He's not big, big. Like, you know, he's a converted safety from college, but, um, I mean, dude's got some huge biceps, right? So maybe the Power Stone. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or whatever and let me know at CTWpod. Follow us there. Um, again, I want to thank Jenna Cottrell. For coming on the podcast. Please check her and Mike and Dan Fates out on the Buffalo Plus podcast after you hit the subscribe button for Buffalo Rumblings and the amazing podcast network that the guys are putting together. Um, make sure that you hit subscribe on the Buffalo Plus podcast uh, because they have a lot of cool things going on. Like I like I mentioned, I'm not I'm not just saying this because Jenna and Mike came on the episode that I really enjoy the roundtable discussion. Like it is good. And I went out of my way to interview them specifically because I enjoyed what they produce. And it's not often that you get guys like you'll hear our podcast. um, You know, when we do recaps during the season and we love to uh not antagonize each other, but we like to talk about different viewpoints and you'll hear that all the time. Um, a lot of podcasts out there in general, in sports in general, um, not specifically talking Buffalo bills, but like there's just like, yeah, I agree. Let's move on. Like, let's, Let's discuss this. If you have a, you know, and they get heated, and it's pretty funny because sometimes you're like, you guys even like each other, but they definitely do. You could hear from Jenna's, uh, Jenna's voice, like they're they're cool people, and it's a fun podcast. So check that out. Um, again, subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Subscribe to Buffalo Plus. Check out the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. They're doing a lot of great work over there. So for me, Nate, go Bills. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys again soon.
1: Don Brown. Yeah, it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the Bills. Oh, hey, hey. Who you reppin'? What's your team? Who you reppin'? What's your team? You know I'm reppin' for my team. I got Josh Allen on my team Micah Hyde, Jordan Poya, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, you not catching anything Matt Milano making plays, we not scared of any team Best in the AFC, all the praise of Brandon Bean You hear Sean McDermott clapping while I'm snapping Do you? Jerry Hughes will get the sack soon as you snap it Andrey yeah. Roberts running back, ain't no just backing Mafia, we on a ride and we got traction We got Beasley, we got Diggs Dawson Knox with the stiff, I'm opponents just like his Feliciano, Deion Dawkins, block defenders like the Hey, it's the Mafia, I said no one on top of us I said no one is blocking us on so top of our division So it's clear that it's no stopping us Google best team in the league and we popping up Hey, Who you repping, with your team? Who you repping, with your team? You know I'm repping for my team I got are salad on my team it's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Uh. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, it's the mafia. I said no one on top of us. I said no one is blocking us on top of our division. So it's clear that it's no stopping us. Google best team in the league and we popping up. Home game for the playoffs, but you already know. Gabe says a rookie, but he playing like a pro. Uh, Going through a table, only time we ever fold. Can you dig it? 17, by the take us to the bowl. Hey, yeah. uh. Don't you run it? No. Oliver and Trey Edmonds gonna be on it. on it. We got Corey, but we barely ever pun it. Never. Cause we just running up the score on our opponent. We we got dicks, single Terry Buy the Duke and Motta shoes, make a it in, exact, also throw the dicks. It's my six, Terry Johnson, pig six to the house. Take a flick, hey. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey, hey. You with hey. who you reppin What's your team? Who you reppin What's your team? You know I'm reppin for my team. Team. On my team. Super Bowl, you
2: Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly...
1: Go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate.
3: (laughs) Oh, and just think of this one clip. Next time you think of Brandon Bean walking into one Bills drive after this amazing offseason and free agency he's already had. His testicle sack is now so large, he has to wear a huge hoodie upside down instead of
2: trousers.